Yo, what's up, everyone? G Money Stacks here. You may remember me from shows like Off the Meat Rat Chains, New York Avenue podcast, Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks podcast, Sports Edition show, Meticulous Vibe Juice podcast review show. I'm here to talk to you at home about Spotify for podcasters. Why are you wasting and struggling with your money on a hosting site to promote your show with limited storages? Forget about it. Let's break this down. If you are a current Anchor user, don't worry about the changes. Everything will be the same with added new features. Spotify for Podcasters, formerly known as Anchor, is a free hosting site and phone app that gives you old and new creation tools, also provides free hosting with access to record, upload videos from podcast episodes, edit, add music to your show, monetize, Q&A questions, polls, distribute your podcast on streaming platforms tracking analytics plus the show's growth audience from international places canada usa international including long island and the five boroughs of new york and much more you can get money from sponsorship with no minimum listenership spotify for podcasters also offers hosting and a way to upload podcast videos to attract listeners also keep track of the number number of streams these are the important keys to making a podcast if you like to create a podcast and be a guest co-host like myself you can download the free spotify for podcasters app on your iphones android phones ipads android tablets apple mac and dell laptops with windows or check out the website for more information to get a head start on your podcast journey at www.podcasters.spotify.com. If I can reach success, so can you. Take advantage of the opportunity that's thrown in your face. I'm G Money Stacks, aka The Greginator. Thank you for listening to me and the podcast. Let's go.
All right, good evening, USA, International, Canada, Long Island, aka Strong Island, plus the five spots of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Stan Island, Queens. This is your man, G Money Stacks, aka the Greg and the YouTuber, creator, host with the most, missing the still lonely nomad, unstoppable independent podcaster, and of course, Queens, New York native of Lords and Queens, New York, who holds the doors of the Q5 and N24 buses. And you are rocking and hanging out with me on the 321st episode of Off the Meat Red Chains New York Avenue podcast, live and direct, live and direct from StreamYard and YouTube. And while you are at it on YouTube and in, in YouTube Universe, if you're new to the channel, please go ahead and grab that subscribe button for me on the YouTube channel page of G Money Stacks Triple Five, alongside with alerts, so you don't miss out on anything leave a like and a comment click the like button it helps the algorithm and it helps the channel grow and of course be sure to tell a friend to another friend as far as trying to share the episodes share the videos and um Yes, share the videos, share the episodes. Be sure to listen, stream, and watch these episodes. And, of course, you can download the episodes and add the podcast to your playlist, like your, like Spotify, Spotify for podcasters. You have um, Odyssey, Audible, CastBox FM, Deezer. Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, YouTube, and other streaming platforms. Wherever you get your podcast, make sure you add the podcast to your playlist on every streaming platform. Be sure to, to subscribe to every streaming platform that, that I will mention at the end of this podcast recording. All right. So um, I hope y'all had a nice weekend. I'm, I do apologize for um, delaying this episode and previous episodes actually not previous episodes but um but the upcoming episodes that I was supposed to record um I had to actually you know take a little time for me actually you know what I'm saying I didn't record Saturday because I was exhausted from a long day of work um but hopefully um when I get my rhythm back I should be able to get my Saturday recordings back. So um, we'll see what happens. We have a jam-packing show for you today with wild, crazy, fun topics, including including um the announcement in regards to the Monster Jam event, which I will talk about in a few minutes. 
And and I will also talk about this um PlayStation live stream um state to play, which starts tomorrow. Um, I will talk about that in a couple of minutes in the segment of video game entertainment room. All right. So um so stick around for that. Um, all right, so let's get into let's let's get into a little thing. Hang on a second. My browser. Sorry about that. All right. Let's get into this. Let's get into this right here. Um, our New York Mass Transit Files topic um regarding transit. Let's get into it here. Okay, first off, we have a little something to talk about in regards to transit, according to the Gothamists. Let's start there. All right, according to the Gothamist, um the MTA said service on the on the seven on the seven train was severely delayed in both directions Tuesday morning as authorities responded to a person stuck on the tracks at the 82nd Street Jackson Heights station in Queens. Police said an unidentified male on the tracks was fatally hit by a seven train around 7:20 a.m. Tuesday as it entered the station. The conductor was a, was unable to stop in time, according to the NYPD. No criminal, no criminality was suspected. As as of around 8:15 a.m. Tuesday, the MTA recommended that passengers take the E, F, R, and or W trains as alternatives to get to, to get between Queens and Manhattan. Damn, son. Damn, another person getting hit by a train. This is ridiculous.
All right, before, before I continue, let me give a shout out to someone that's in the uh, live stream of Instagram. Let me see. Shout out to Big B underscore. Appreciate you for watching this. Um, if anybody's on Instagram live and you'd like to chime in on the topics that's being discussed in this episode, you're more than welcome to go get that. All right. So um, let's get into let's continue. So um, for service between Queensborough Plaza and Flushing Main Street, consider using the Q32 or Q66 Q66 buses, the MTA said in a service alert. Seven trains were suspended for about an hour between the 33rd Street, Rawson Street, and 74th Street Broadway stations early Tuesday, but have since resumed service, servicing those stations. Last week, 18-year-old Queens resident Jessica um, um, Jessica Guacas was fatally struck by an E-train at the Jackson Heights Roosevelt Avenue Roosevelt Avenue um, station less than half a mile from Tuesday's incident. She had fallen onto the tracks as the train was entering the station, according to according to police and family members who reviewed videos of what happened. What is with people falling onto the tracks, man? Like, like it's this is becoming so repetitive, very fucking repetitive. Like, seriously. You don't play around. Um, you don't play around being on the tracks, and and of course the third rail is very very dangerous. And this is this is why um, the yellow the yellow barriers were there on one ninety first Street, which I will discuss that in a future episode. I'm not gonna have time to get into too much of it though. But um, anyway, this is crazy, man. This happens way too common, way too common, folks. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, this happens way too common, man. Like, I'm not even gonna hold you. This is not, this is not cool at all, man. All right, um, let's get into another transit topic. Let's get into another transit topic here. Uh, let's see. Let's see, do I, let me see something here. Um, hang on a second here. Yes, yes, let's get into another transit topic. Um, yeah, so, this is regarding speed cameras. All right, so, and this is from the folks from AMNY. New York City was likely cheated out of more than $100 million last year by drivers illegally modifying their license plates to evade speed cameras, according to a new audit.
Yes, according to a new audit that City Comp City Comp Troller Brad Lander published this week. The audit concluded that speed cameras appeared to reduce the incidence of speeding and collisions, no collisions, excuse me, in the vicinity of their locations. But when the comptroller's office reviewed the performance of, of the speed camera operation contractor, uh, Vera Mobility, the watchdog found the company rejected more than 11% of speeding events as invalid and did not issue tickets for reasons not disclosed to the city's department of transportation through the first half of 2023 various rejections cost the city up to 54 million dollars the comptroller's office reported while noting the data was trending upward in the second half of the year by that metric a conservative estimate of the city's revenue losses lands at 108 million dollars in 2023 108 million dollars The audit concluded that speed cameras appear to reduce the incidence of speeding and collisions in the vicinity of their locations. But yeah, I did read that one already. So um, I did read that already. Um, Let's see. Speed cameras reduce speeding, prevent crashes, and save lives, Lander said in a, in a statement. Unfortunately, a small but rapidly growing number of drivers are illegally obscuring their plate their license plates in order to speed without getting caught. These scoff laws are putting their neighbors' lives and safety at risk and cheating the city out of $100 million a year. The number of speeding incidents rejected by Vera due to missing or obscure plates has risen by over 5,000% since 2019. According to the report, yes, according to the report, in the first half of 2023, 22% of all speeding incidents were rejected by Vera because the cars were affixed, affixed with ghost plates, representing more than 1 million drivers putting pedal to the metal in the vicinity of a camera. Some cameras in particular saw extraordinarily high rejection rates um 
when the Comptroller's Office studied camera rejection rates from December 2022, one Queen's camera saw 98% of recorded speeding incidents rejected by Vera. Another in Brooklyn had a night does not have full access to various data or footage from speeding incidents where tickets were rejected, preventing city officials from knowing the exact reasons why, exact reasons of why it is losing revenue. Not all rejected incidents are due to place scofflaws, scofflaws, excuse me, yeah, scofflaws. Um, some, for instance, for or for emergency emergency vehicles rushing to a scene. In the audit, Lander recommended that the DOT modify its contract with Vera to ensure it has full access to data and footage from rejected incidents. DOT accepted the recommendations and a spokesperson said the agency intends to issue a new request for proposal to Vera that would allow it full access. NYC DOT speed camera program saves lives by changing driving behavior and by any account has been incredibly successful with 65% of ticketed vehicles receiving only one or two tickets since the start of the program in 2014, said the spokesperson Anna Correa. This means drivers are traveling safer on our streets, which makes our community and neighborhoods safer as well. We look forward to considering the comptroller's recommendations as we advance a future request for proposals to operate the program. A spokesperson for Vera Mobility said that phony plates are one of the conditions that we cannot control on the street below. For decades, Vera Mobility has partnered with our clients to improve the effectiveness of street, street safety camera programs in communities across the u.s those efforts have saved countless lives and increased community safety setting the standard for global safety enforcement programs says uh, said vera spokesperson valerie schneider there are however conditions that we cannot control most notably phony and obscured license plates which drive the bulk of speed cameras rejections we are reviewing the comptroller's report and will continue to meet the needs of our client safety programs in august dlc reported that automated speed tickets had declined by 30 percent over the first year that 2000 school zones school zone speed cameras were in operation 24 7. um the predom hold on the pre the preponderance of illegal illegally missing obscured or defaced license plates has grown significantly in recent years with scoff laws attempting to evade not only speed and red light cameras but also camera issued tolls
All right, shouts to the people. Hold on a second. Yes, shouts to the people from Nobody's Safe Podcast. Oh, I see you. Um, where were we? Yes, in 2022, the MTA reported losing 46 million dollars to toll evasion. <clears throat> yeah, so toll beaters are also getting more clever. One driver intercepted crossing the George Washington Bridge had fashioned a gizmo that can be opened or closed at will over the plate. The driver owed nearly $20,000 in unpaid tolls, the New York Post reported. Last year, city council lawmakers proposed legislation making it unlawful to drive with fraudulent or expired license plates and to go after unscrupulous car dealers who sell phony temp tags. The bills did not come for a vote. In her state of the state address this month, Governor Kathy Hochul proposed a crackdown on license plate scoff laws. The governor's package would increase fines for for purposely purposefully defacing or obscuring a license plate, ban the sale of devices designed to obscure plates, and allow police to confiscate plate covers. Okay, uh, let's see. Let's see. I'm gonna make sure I'm on track here. All right, so. Hang on a second here. All right, so um wait a second. We did hang on a minute here. Yes, so um yeah, we're gonna start with the terrible news first, actually. Um
we're gonna start with the terrible news. Um, and I'm pretty sure y'all probably heard about it already, but I'm I'm gonna discuss it. Um, but I'll get into I'll get into it in in this segment right here, chatting all the jazz right here. Um. One moment, please. All right, before I get into this, before I get into this um, particular main topic here, um, let me give a shout out to somebody that just came into the chat. Yes, shouts to some, shout out to the homie, um, shouts to the homie Young Old School from the, uh, um, hang on a second, from the, um, like minds worldwide network all right so let's get let's get into it right here man um let's get into this kiki palm stuff right here let's get to let's get the terrible stuff out the way and then we'll get into um a little bit of a, of a relief and of course um before i get into the um password um thing so let's get it to let's get into this terrible news and stuff so this is from the cut um i'm pretty sure many of y'all probably heard about this already um this is a little bit of a, a recap of what went down um in november kiki palmer filed a restraining order against her ex-boyfriend darius jackson alleging that he physically and emotionally abused her throughout their two-year relationship. Palmer is also seeking sole custody of their eight-month-old son, um, Leodis. But a few weeks after her initial filing, Palmer and Jackson decided to mediate their custody arrangement privately and requested that a hearing regarding the restraining order be postponed. According to People, in the original restraining order filing, um, Palmer alleges that during their relationship, there were many instances, um, many instances, uh, let's see, of physical violence, including Jackson grabbing me around the neck, destroying my personal property, including diaries and prescription eyeglasses, throwing my belongings into the street, throwing my car keys to prevent me from driving away, hitting me in front of our son spewing profanities about me to our son threatening to kill himself with a gun if i left him harassment and other physical and emotional abuse jeez louise man 
Jeez Louise, this is crazy, man. This is the craziest shit that I ever heard over the years. This this is crazy. That's crazy, man. All right, let's continue here. Let's continue here. Although the relationship apparently ended in October, Palmer alleges that the the abuse did not. Shortly before the restraining order um was filed, she says Darius trespassed trespassed into my home with that without my knowledge. Without my knowledge or consent, threatened me, then physically attacked me, lunging for my neck, striking me, throwing me over the couch, and stealing my phone when I told him I was going to call the police. According to according to people, the filing includes screenshots of security camera footage of a man striking a woman over a sofa. Describing another incident of abuse that she says took place in February 2022, Palmer alleges that Jackson 
body slammed her onto the stairs by her neck. Two months later, while they were at a, resta a restaurant together, Jackson alleged allegedly became angry with Palmer and accused her of flirting with a woman, leading the, the two to leave. When they got home, Palmer claims Darius grabbed my prescription eyeglasses away from me, threw them on the ground, and stomped on them. He then opened my bag, threw all my belongings onto the pavement in the rain, and threw my car keys across the parking lot before he got into his own car and drove off. Palmer says the abuse wasn't just physical. Darius would love would love bombs love bomb me and make me feel like I was the most important woman in the world only to get extremely distant and cold over a perceived insult to him. If we were at a party or an event and I spoke with one person too long or looked at someone a certain way, he would storm off in a rage telling me I was a slut and a whore accused me of cheating on him and that I did not love him. Darius had a way of gaslighting me to make me feel like I was doing something wrong, even though I wasn't. Court documents obtained by page six state that Palmer and Jackson started mediation in late November. The exes agreed to continue talking at a mutually agreeable date that has to that has yet to be set. But then on a on December 15th, Jackson filed a response to Palmer's request for the restraining order um, and requested joint custody of the couple's son. In court doc documents reviewed by People, Jackson alleges that Palmer was the primary aggressor throughout their relationship and claims that she was physically and verbally abusive towards him. Jackson claims that she was physically and verbally abusive towards him. Jackson claims that the actress punched, choked, and hit him. He says that on the on one day in November 2021, Palmer called him over 200 times and sent him over 50 emails after he told her he would not spend the night with her. He claims that he changed his phone number four four months ago, four months later in an attempt to avoid further harassment and threats from Palmer. Jackson says that the video included the in Palmer's filing of him trespassing is misleading. The public got a glimpse of the apparent instability of Palmer and Jackson's relationship over the summer when Jackson uh, commented on a photo of Palmer shaming her for an outfit she wore to an Usher concert. Following that incident, fans speculated that the two had broken up. But according to the following, the relationship ended for good in October. The cut has re reached out to a representative of, for Palmer for comment, and we'll update this post when we hear back. Damn, man, that it I actually talked about something similar to this a, maybe a while back, but 
this is crazy, man. And 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 you know, sorry to hear that P Kiki Palmer's been going through this. But what do you? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna speak too much on this though. But um, what do you say we go to something lighter than this? We need to say congratulations to Kiki Palmer because she's the host of the the new game show of Password. Yes. So, um, according to the people, according to the crew from People, um, story goes like this: Kiki Palmer is breaking records. The media personality, age thirty, won an Emmy for outstanding host for a game show for NBC's Password at the 75th Creative Arts Emmy Awards on Sunday, becoming the first woman to do it to do so in 15 years. As she collected the award at the ceremony held at the Peacock Theater in downtown LA, the star said, as reported by Deadline, wow, that is so exciting. Thank you so much. I really just so thankful. I'm almost speechless. Palmer, who wore a brown um, whole Holter neck gown on the evening continued. I want to thank the people who allowed this to happen. Thank you to Jimmy Fallon. Thank you to NBC. Meanwhile, Fallon, age 49, also um, heaped praise on Palmer per deadline. Sharp, charming, and quick witted, all while looking like a superstar. There, There's no one like Kiki Palmer, he said. This year, she, this year was the first time the category has been up, been part of the primetime Emmys after moving from the daytime awards. Palmer is also the first black woman to win the award or even be nominated. She was announced as the new host of Password along with Jimmy Fallon as the classic word game show was brought back with a host of celebrity guests in 2022. The star also shared her happiness via an Instagram post on Sunday. I couldn't do it without, without you, Jimmy Fallon. She wrote in the caption, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be a part of such a classic game show, such as, such as Password. It's a true honor. I won. I'm excited. Boots. Thank you to the Tell the television um ace ace oh yeah television acad which is short for academy folks um hold on
The actress and host posted photos of her holding up her award proudly at the ceremony alongside her message. Palmer received the Emmy Award ahead of fellow nominees Steve Harvey, who hosts the fam who hosts Family Feud, Ken Jennings, and Maya Bialik um, from Jeopardy, and Pat Sajak of Wheel of Fortune. The last woman to win for the same category was Meredith Vieira for Who Wants to Be a Millionaire in 2009. This year marks the first time Password has been nominated in 50, 50 years. After Alan Ludden first won for the show at the first ever Daytime Emmy Awards back in 1974. Um, a holiday edition of the iconic game show featuring celebrity contestants Megan, Tra Megan Trainer and John Cryer aired in December. Following the recent success of the show, Password has has been renewed for a second season. All right. Um, yes, we need to congratulate Kiki Palmer for being the host of the game show Password and, of course, winning the Emmy Award for um, for her success. So um, let's 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 give a round of applause. Next topic has to do with a with a phone app called Kick, and the name of this episode is called Kick. Is a new wave, new live plus benefits. So let's get into it right here.
All right. And this is from the from the folks from GameQuitters.com. All right. So you're probably wondering what um kick streaming is, right? So um one moment. Have you have her have you have have you have you you know let me just do it like this have you ever heard of kick the new creator friendly streaming service it doesn't yet rival twitch or youtube live in terms of viewers or channels but it's already becoming popular with streamers and gamers as experts in video game addiction we we're always looking out for new platforms that people may start to use compulsively. This article explores the appeal of kick and some answer, some friendly, no, excuse me, some frequently asked questions about the, the new streaming service. So, all right. So as kick was only one only launched in 2022, Many people in our community forum and parent support group are still unfamiliar unfamiliar with the new streaming service. So here are some common questions and answers that we want to share with you. So what is Kick? You ask. Kick is a relatively relatively new streaming platform which is similar to Twitch, YouTube Live, and Facebook Live. Creators can stream videos in real time, while viewers can subscribe to a creator's channel, watch live streams and post comments. What can you stream? What can you stream on Kick? You ask. There are six main categories on Kick to make it easier for viewers to find what they want to watch. So you got games. Um, the menu shows video games that are currently being streamed from massively multiplayer online um, games to esports tournaments. All right, so we have the IRL. Not sure what that stands for, but um, content about everyday topics. Popular um, categories include just chatting, um, cooking news, and travel and outdoors. Okay, let's look. Let me look up what this stands for right here um, before I continue. All right, so what does IRL? L stand for. Okay. In real life, ain't that a, you know, I never even thought about this. This is weird. 
Okay, this is like one of the weirdest acronyms whatsoever. And there's certain there's certain things that don't need to be abbreviated. Like what the hell, man? Like what are you doing? What the hell, man? Like what are you doing, man? Like this is some crazy crazy shit, man. I'm not even going to really hold you on that one. <laughs> oh man. All right. So, music um includes DJ sets acoustic streams live music dance and more gambling the most popular streams are slots and casinos other gambling content includes poker sports betting and table games for viewer viewers age 18 and up creative covers a wide range of creative themes including makers and crafting digital art video production and graphic design alternative this category has content that doesn't fit elsewhere such as just sleeping crypto and trading sports and politics thank goodness how much does kick pay stream as well kick has one of the lowest if not the lowest revenue charges among streaming platforms creators receive 95 percent of all subscriber income while the platform retains just five percent kick plans to generate cash flow through advertising and is working on the basis that giving creators such a lucrative incentive will draw the best creators to kick which in turn will attract major advertisers how is kick different than twitch you ask the main difference between kick and twitch is the 95 out of 5 percent subscriber revenue split that creators receive on kick compared to the 50 50 percent split offered by twitch plus 100 percent of all tips made on kick known as kicks are paid to streamers earnings can be withdrawn the same day so there's no waiting for a monthly payout and these earnings are based on hours watched and total viewers rather than a monthly subscriber count kick has also pledged to make its terms of service as transparent as possible with clear rules on what is and is not acceptable this includes strict guidelines around ethical gambling a practice that was banned on twitch in 2022 how many users are on kick you ask so we have okay so kick is becoming increasingly popular but it still has a long way to go to match twitch statistics here's how the two platforms compared in july 2023 so you have current viewers channels now games being streamed total streamers peak online viewers peak online channels um so kick uh 55,365 2,106 um Seven thousand three eighty five. Twitch one million five 
Why stream on Kick, you ask? Creators are streaming on Kick for several reasons. Firstly, they can potentially earn more money on Kick than most other streaming platforms due to the 95% creator, 5% Kick revenue split. Secondly, as Twitch becomes increasingly saturated with channels and streamers, the odds of success are very low for new streamers. Choosing kick gives them more chance to stand out and attract viewers. Is kick safe? Does it allow NSFW? Not sure what that means. Um, according to kick's community guidelines, the platform aims to be fun and safe for all. The guidelines outline what is acceptable and unacceptable behavior, live streams, videos, and comments that contain nudity pornography or sexual activity are prohibited however this does not mean there is no mature or nsfw content on the streaming platform um the guidelines state the activities and material that must be tagged as 18 and up these include excessive profanities graphic depictions of violence um, eight, 18, 18 plus rated video games, game nudity, smoking, and drinking alcohol. Kick also bans hate speech, harassment, threats, bullying, and racial slurs. However, as, as with other online platforms, sanctions against antisocial behavior are difficult to enforce. Um, NS. FW, let me see what that stands for. Let's take a look here. Let's take a look here. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Um, okay. Okay, not safe for work. <sighs> wow, this is a new acronym. This is a new acronym that I never even heard of before. 
That's crazy. Okay, so is gambling allowed on Kick? Kick does not allow gambling between users or sweepstakes or lotteries, but the streaming of gambling games is allowed, depending on the laws and regulations of the country the country where the viewer is located gambling streams are particularly prevalent on kick because they were banned on twitch in 2022 after some of the biggest its biggest streamers threatened to stop using the platform if it didn't change its policy however there have been certain kick controversies and criticisms around view body game gambling streams um when automated um programs or bots are used to inflate the viewer numbers on a live stream as a result the platform has made an update in a bid to stop view count manipulation who owns kick you ask um kick was set up by um by Bajin um tarani and ed craven who co-founded um who co-founded uh stake.com top streamer tyler trainwreck tv <laughs> trainwreck <laughs> oh shit <laughs> trainwreck oh wow <laughs> Oh man, Tyler Trainwreck TV um nickname is is a non non owner advisor. Oh wow. Despite having a huge following on Twitch, Trainwreck TV <laughs> quit that platform in late 2022 because of the gambling ban. Um why is Kick in better better mode? Kick has launched in better mode because Although the streaming service is live, it's still being tested, and there may be further tweaks to improve the user experience. Uh, of course, you need help. Um, if you or a loved one are struggling to limit the time you spend on Kick, Twitch, YouTube, Live, or other streams, other streaming services, expert help is available. Of course, you can you can read our tips about how to stop watching stream platforms like twitch and kick that's not gonna be easy but anyway whether you want to stop game gaming or watching gaming streams entirely or or um or to bring it to manageable levels we have a coaching program for you um take the first step today and apply for a game plan strategy call to see if you are a good fit for our respawn gamer program or reclaim family program after the 12 week program you'll be free from gaming problems and pursuing your real life goals studying earning money exercising getting out of the house hanging out with friends and having a better attitude well i don't know about all that
not everybody um has it like that as far as like you know having too many friends but you know everybody's mad busy and you know it's not easy to actually schedule a hangout and catch up with people kind of like what i'm going through and stuff so it's not that simple so you know what i'm saying so um up next we have grammy nominations Meet the first time Grammy nominee Coyle Ray on why breakthrough players was just the icing on the on the cake for her multifaceted career. Um, with two Grammy nominations in two different categories at the 2024 Grammys, Coyle Ray is already proven to be a vers versatile artist, but as she promises, she's building a brand much bigger than her music. Even, even after a flight and an and hours long photo shoot, Corey LeRae ex exudes brightness and warmth as she discusses her monumental year. She carries a vibrant energy that matches her music, all of which is reminiscent of hip hop's beginnings and bright future. LeRae brought that vita vitality to Grant to a Grammy to 50 years of hip hop where she held her own among genre legends with a dynamic performance of her smash hit players. Exactly one month prior to the December 10th event, LeRae added another milestone to her booming career, her first Grammy nominations. Players earned LeRae a nod for Best Rap Performance at the 2024 Grammys, where she's also nominated in the new Best Pop Dance Recording category for her collaboration with, Dave, with David, um, David Guetta, and Anne-Marie, Baby Don't Hurt Me. One of the biggest things and accomplishments for me as an, art, as an artist is for people to know me and admire my versatility, Corey told the, told the Recording Academy.
um, to be nominated for two of my voices, um, my melodic, my rap, my singing. It's a dream come true. I wouldn't want it no other way. Her versatility expands outside of her music, too, from her signature braided hairstyle to launching her own beauty and hair care hair care products. The New Jersey um, raised rapper is also building a name for herself in the fashion and beauty industries. What's more, LeRae has entered the philanthropic space as well with plans to launch her mental health focused camp courage world foundation later this year Even just a few years into her career, Lorraine is steadfast in leaving a multifaceted legacy for herself, one that takes inspiration from icons like Beyonce and J-Lo, but feels uniquely hers. And while she sees herself in every business venture, the rapper vows for one thing to remain true, she'll always be having fun. Ahead of the... 2024 Grammys, LaRae sat down with Grammys.com to discuss what she learned in 2023 and how her breakthrough year was the perfect setup for a long career. And um, and um, so there, there's some questions. I'm going to actually go over them. So um, congratulations on a wonderful year from receiving your first Grammy nominations for players and Baby Don't Hurt Me to open. Hold on. Um, yeah, yeah, um, players and baby don't hurt me to open up for Beyonce at the Renaissance World Tour in Los Angeles. How would you describe 2023 for you? This year was the icing on the cake to what my future entails. You know, with players being nonstop on the radio, getting nominated to all these big, big award shows, performing on Beyonce's stage, and getting a letter from Beyonce. She told me that she's been watching me grow. It shows how hard I have been working. Most importantly, it shows them what to look forward to in the future, I feel like I'm one of those artists that is going to be here, going to be here for every for a very very long time. As you describe, players had has maintained a chart topping position since its release the single has a sweater no no excuse me it has a sweeter meaning to it because you are paying homage to the rappers such as the grandmaster flash and the furious five who have come before you the group has 
even publicly thank you, thank you for reintroducing them to the younger generation. I wanted to ask about ask about your decision to pay homage to them because we exist in an era where a majority of songs have samples, but few artists go out of their way to pay respect to the pioneering artists. I feel like it is my job to educate the youth as much as possible. I'll be 27 in May. As I get older, I remember when I was 16, 13, 10, 18, 21, everything that you hear now is inspired by so many great artists such as Buster Rhymes and the Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Those icons in hip hop made a huge statement. What's derived from Buster's creativity, his flows, his music videos, and everything? A lot of kids have to understand the music they hear today and the videos they see are inspired by him, and that's where it came from. I remember the moment where I sat down and listened to Sade. She has one of the most beautiful tones in the music industry and one of my biggest inspirations. When I go to the studio, I try to master my tone, my melodies, and my voice. Sade helped me grow, and I realized how big she is to hip-hop and to hip-hop, the industry, and music, music in general. <clears throat> all the icons study music, the way in which you spoke about developing your melodies and voice speaks to that and shows your direction to the craft. Another icon that you have spoken of in high regard and work with is Pharrell Williams. He's not only an icon in music, but fashion as well. You sat front row at his debut collection for Louis, Louis Vuitton and have become a regular attendee for other notable luxury fashion houses. Are you carving out your own path as an entertainer who has one foot in music and the other in fashion? <clears throat> I have always been into fashion. I have been building my brand. To me, it's bigger than being an artist. It helps me build my brand. I've been building my relationship with YSL. When I landed my Fendi by Mark Jacobs campaign, I was on the front page of Fendi's website along Kendall Jenner. I have done fashion weeks and been dressed by amazing designers like Jeremy Scott at um, Machino, Alexander Wang, Alexander Wang, area diesel and more
as I continue to elevate and my music continues to grow, um, Twinning ended up on the charts, the success of players, and to land with Pharrell, then sit front row at Louis Vuitton. It just shows how much I have been progressing. It's also a reminder that through all the hate and negativity that I am going through, even in my personal tribulations, it's those moments that make me realize, yo, you are a star. And this is happening in real life. Whether it's next week, next month, you are elevating. The weekend where I sat front row at Louis Vuitton, I was in the studio with Pharrell. We made four records. I learned so much in my 24 hours with him. I built the most amazing relationship. Pharrell is a mastermind, not only when it comes to not only fashion, but when it comes to music. Um, in the previous interviews, you referred to yourself as a walking brand. As of late, you have garnered partnerships with brands such as um, um, Eve St. Lawrence, Tommy Hilfiger, Ray-Ban, and more. In your interview with Angie Martinez, you mentioned the possibility of a hair care line. I would like to hear more about the business components of your brand and how you are building an empire adjacent to the music industry. I have always had braids since I was a kid. When I did my first song, Huddy, and throughout the beginning of my career, I always wore braids. I always had my baby hairs out. It was important to me when I signed my deal to make sure that I'm good in the long run. So I sat down and thought about what is going to help, <clears throat> what is going to help me be, be a better person create longevity create an asset as much as i did my baby hairs i ended up inventing a baby hair brush i'm just getting my first mold it's been a process because i want this brush to be perfect and it's crazy because once it's complete i want to go add something else it's a learning process and it feels so good to be able to financially invest into myself, grow my band, grow my brand, continue to learn, have errors, make mistakes at this age and in my career. I got my first top 10, but I never got a top five. I'm aiming bigger and everything is on God's timing with my branding, my music and my youtube series cooking with koi Ray, my skincare products and my nail line products that's coming it's all going to come in perfect timing because everything's 
on God's timing. It brings me joy to hear a young woman artist, especially a black woman, discuss their plans on building their legacy and ensuring longevity for the duration of their career. I saw this in your decision to have um, Transcendent Studios, your creative agency, direct the music video for players. Could you walk me through the decision-making process to start your agency? I started Transcendent Studios because I, I have always been into content i've always been the creator behind everything i do they say that i that i'm big on tiktok and a lot of a lot of these platforms which i am and i take pride in it because i'm good at what i do um <clears throat> and um I'm great at what I'm great at making content. I'm great in front of the camera. I love the camera. When I signed my deal, I invested in a lot of equipment because I knew this is something. When I want to do a video, I want to be able to grab the camera whenever I want to be able to create my own thing. There's so many music videos up that Transcendent Studios produce. I'm very grateful for my team we're still learning we're still gr growing it's still in the in development the goal and the key is longevity having access and being able to build do what you want when you want and how you want it when you look at the projects you have worked on in 2023 such as self-love on spider-man across the spider-verse soundtrack and your sophomore album, Koi.
Um, I'm sorry about that. Um, I don't know if y'all heard me, but let me just um go back to where. I was. Okay, so um, <clears throat> these noisy planes. I started Transcendent Studios because I, because I have always been into content. I've always been the creator behind everything I do. They say that I'm big on TikTok and a lot of these platforms, which I am, and I take pride in it because I'm good at what I do. I'm great at making content. I'm great in front of the camera. I love the camera. When I signed my deal, I invested in a lot of equipment because i knew this is something when i want when i want to do a video i want to be able to just grab the camera whenever i want to be able to create my own thing there's so many music videos up that transcendent studios produced i'm very grateful for my team we're still learning we're still growing It's still in development. The goal and and the key is longevity, having access, access, and being able to build, do what you want, when you want, and how you want it. When you look at the projects you have worked on in 2023, such as Self Love on Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse soundtrack and your sophomore album, Koi. What are some lessons that you've learned from these projects that you are going to apply in 2024? I have, I have to, I learned to have fun. This past year, I kind of got wrapped up, got, I kind of got wrapped up in it. It's hard to not get wrapped up in the political stuff or the numbers or the fans. I don't pay attention to the negative comments and stuff like that, but was at a point where I was paying attention to to what someone else wanted versus myself. I realized in 2024 I'm only catering to what I want to do. I'm going to live my I'm going to live in my truth. I'm going to keep growing as a young lady, as a young woman, do what I want to do and keep making great music and just have fun, not get too wrapped up in the other stuff.
I want to have fun. Life is about having fun. And I'm at an age where I need to have fun. In 2024, we're having fun. And I feel like everybody's going to feel that in my music, in my videos, in my vlogs, and whatever it is I'm doing. They are going to feel that energy. And I'm going to make sure that because that's the goal. It seems to be a trend that Icons released self-titled albums. Um, 2023 was the 10-year anniversary of Beyonce's self-titled album. When you look back at Koi, an album that will always be synonymous with you, where do you place that album in your legacy as an artist? It's going to be here forever. It's going to be one of those records where people are going to go back and they are going to be like, yo, what the hell? And I know that because it's such an amazing body of work. I write through experience. So as I go through new experiences, as I learn new things in the studio or work with more amazing creators, creators in all aspects whether they are producers, engineers, songwriters, videographers, directors, creative creative directors, labels. Um, as I'm working with all those people, I'm learning and every single time I just end up scoring better. My next body of work is always my best body of work, but that doesn't mean take away the greatness from the from that work. It just means that I've been elevating in every single way. Koi is one of those projects where I elevated it. It has amazing music, just like Trendsetter. Um, the more I create and the bigger I get, the more people will go back, listen, and really appreciate the body of work for what it is. You have not only achieved success domestically, but internationally with high placements on the global and K-pop charts, as well as participating in Paris and Milan Fashion Weeks you have crossed over to being a well-known performer across the world. You are a girl from Jersey who has received global recognition. How does that feel for you? Recognition is dope. When you go over to places like Australia and Paris, they treat you like a major star. The love over there is immaculate. I get really inspired overseas. There's so many great things. For example, Paris has so many great music directors. Their music videos are insane. I had to go out there to really understand that. It made me want to be the voice when it made me want to be the voice that when I come to America, I'm like, I want to use more videographers so people can see how amazing they are too. It's a blessing to be able to travel. Um you mentioned a desire, a desire to work with music video directors in Paris and abroad. You have already worked with international talents such as David Guetta, 
and Tamar X together. It seems it seems you are pivoting yourself as an entertainer who uses music to bridge the gap between these cultures. Well, David Guetta is an incredible artist. He is a mastermind when it comes to the studio. And I want to continue to work with David. We have an incredible relationship and an amazing an amazing chemistry in the studio. He's one of the first DJs to bring hip hop and EDM together. That's another life experience for me that I'm going to remember forever. You know, being a young black queen in the music industry and being able to have so much versatility, it allows me to collaborate with so many great um, artists. David Guetta, he's a mastermind. That's another way to educate the young kids to David Guetta too. I know he's already a major, but they don't know the history. Some people might not know the history, and I feel like it's important. David Guetta getting nominated with me. I'm getting nominated with my rap song and the pop electronic record, electronic recording record, excuse me. It's just a dream come true, I'm telling you. In your music video for Wasted with Taylor Hill from from Blue Moon, you show a side of you that is different from your previous works. The video displayed a tender and vulnerable side of you. Can we expect to see more of that from you in 2024? I can admit that I haven't done my best as Sean. That's I was under my rock a little bit in 2024. I am going to show show more of my process, bring people into my world, my fans, and I think I owe it to my fans 1,000%. I think that they want to know Corey LeRae outside of Instagram, the shade room, social media, and blogs. I want them to also understand who I am as a woman, as a person. Music is important, but relationships are important just as much to me, and I admire that. Hmm. Oh boy. Icons not only inspire us through music, but the way they invest in their community. In 2023, you organized a Thanksgiving give back in your hometown. What led you to start doing philanthropy efforts? I think people will always want to root for the girl who made it big and pay it forward. That's why I started my Camp Courage World Foundation. I'm super excited to launch that at the top of 2024. It's something I've wanted to do for a long time. I finally thought of an amazing name for it, and I'm excited. Um, let me see. We're focused on mental health because I feel like that's something that I've dealt with my entire life, my childhood growing up and now, and there's so many things, so many things that I do that I'm pretty sure 
that these girls wouldn't want to know and learn. For example, just reading books and waking up every day, praying, finding my spirituality and sticking through it, staying consistent, going to church, even if they are not physical, online every Sunday, speaking to my pastors, my life coach, my getting therapist, whatever it is that's going to make me better. That doesn't have that doesn't have me relate to anything that can self-harm myself mentally, physically, financially, emotionally. I'm I'm excited for that launch because that's also going to be the next step in my big part of my career that I feel is one of the most important things. Having major labels is cute. That's fine. Everybody wants to be number one, wants to have a number one record, but with that number one record, you want to be able to give back and inspire because at that point, what are you doing? What are you doing it for? Since your debut conversations about your body, your image, and your contributions to hip hop have been a point of contention in the cultural um, zeitgeist, um, it seems you have decided to take control of narrative in the media and the press, whether it is through the development of your brands or the creation of your talent agency, do you feel as if you are a, you are on a path of reclamation? I'm taking I'm taking control of it. I should be able to tell it. It's my life. I was sitting down talking to my people. I had told them. I said, "Yo, 2024. The future is so bright that." The only thing that can stop me is me. A lot of people don't know what I go through outside of this stuff. I go through a lot. You know what I mean? But going through what I went through, it taught me a lot about myself. I realized this year was all about self-awareness and it prepped me for 2024. Like I said, I'm the only one that can get in my way. It's just a it's it's about just staying focused staying level-headed, staying staying consistent, and staying prayed up. Well, very, 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 very interesting. Very interesting. And I and you know, let's let's congratulate Coyle Ray and her accomplishments in not only music and trying to be trying to have a, a business, a studio, and everything else in between. So congratulations to Coy Luray.
Okay, up next is Ice Spice, who also got nominated. Let's, we'll get into it right here. Um, All right. Um, yes, Ice Spice is another person that got nominated. Um, so Ice Spice, according to Complex, is in a major celebratory mood after the Grammys, and now she received four nominations nominations for next year's event. On Friday, the Recording Academy announced the nominations for the 2024 show. And Ice was one of the newcomers who made a splash in several categories. The Bronx Rap Superstar is nominated for the Best New Artist, Best Rap Song, and Best Song Written for Visual Media, Visual Media for her Barbie World collaboration, and Best Pop Duo Group Performance for the Taylor Swift Assistant Karma. To celebrate the news, Ice took to her Instagram with a post of the nominations and a caption that read, Grateful. Several of Ice's peers flooded her comment section with praise and cheers over her being nominated four times, including Sweetie, Glorilla, Sky Jackson, Lala Anthony, and more. Um, there were others who felt the 23-year-old wasn't deserving of a nomination, including one person who commented, can't believe she's getting that Grammy before J. Cole and another and another that said, I like some of the Ice Spice songs, but she does not deserve a Grammy. Ice Spice also took the celebration to Twitter with a tweet that read, four Grammy nominations. Are you shitting me? Thank you. The Delhi rapper wasn't the only one who had a strong showing with the Grammy nominations. SZA is leading the way for all artists with nine total nominations. Other highlights include Best Rap Album nods for Drake and 21 Savage's Her Loss and Travis Scott's Utopia, a Best Rap Song nod for Little Uzi Vert's Blockbuster Just Wanna Rock and more. And of course, the winners will be announced at the 2024 20, Grammys ceremony on February 4th, live from the crypto.com arena in Los Angeles. Um, all right, so um, let's see. 
Let me see what else we need to talk about here. Um, let me see something here. Okay, um, okay, before I even go to, um, the other topics in, especially in, um, gaming and especially in, um, the recap of the movie box office, which I will get to in a moment. Um, let me see who's in the live chat of Instagram live. All right, ladies, let hold on a second. Yeah, lady, let's talk. Um, um, appreciate you. Um, all right, we're gonna get to we're gonna get to um, all right. All right, let's get to um. All right, so um, so previously, um, previously, um, Wonka came out, right? Um, yeah, we're gonna. I want to actually get into. Yeah, yeah, Wonka came out and it broke some records. So let's get into. Let's get into the movie Man Cave Popcorn segment right here. And congratulations to Timothy Chalamet for the movie Walker that came out last month in December um, to close out 2023 in the movie box office. from Screen Rant. Okay, so let's get into let's get into this stuff. So um so Wonka is an even bigger blockbuster hit than expected, breaking several box office records for its franchise, its star talent and the post-COVID era. Wonka has broken records as the highest grossing Willy Wonka film, surpassing its predecessors and other um um other raw dull adaptations. Timothy Chalamet's performance in Wonka solidifies his position as a rising star with 
leading roles in successful films. Wonka became the first live action um, musical to top the box office post-COVID, proving that the genre can still draw audiences with star power and stunning visuals. Wonka has proven to be an even bigger box office smash than expected, breaking several records for its franchise, its star talent, and the post-COVID era. The prequel to to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory stars Timothy Chalamet as a young, ambitious, ambitious Willy Wonka during his rise to fame and fortune. Although Wonka initially seemed like it might be a shameless cash grab, it ended up being a really sweet, earnest, beautifully made movie. Thanks to positive word of mouth amongst families looking for the right film for a trip to the movies over the holiday season, Wonka has been a massive blockbuster success. At the end of the at the end of the year, in which proven franchises like Fast and the Furious, Mission Impossible, and even the Marvel Cinematic Universe have disappointed, um, Wonka managed to top the box office. It arrived as a timely reminder to Hollywood studios that the only surefire way to get audiences back in movie theaters is to hire a passionate filmmaker to tell a great story with lovable characters, dazzling visuals that demand to to be, demand to be seen on the big screen and an infectious sense of fun. Wonka's box office run isn't over yet, but it's already broken a handful of records. Um, so, so hold on a second. Yeah. Um, so Wonka is the highest grossing Willy Wonka movie, and by extension, the highest grossing um, Royal Doll adaptation. So with a $507.9 million uh, worldwide gross um, via box office mojo, Wonka has surpassed Tim Burton's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory to become the highest grossing movie featuring Willy Wonka and by extension the highest grossing film adaptation by a royal doll property from Matilda to Fantastic Mr. Fox films based on those literary works have traditionally underperformed at the box office but audiences have always responded to the Wonka, Wonka character ever since Gene Wilder made this eccentric Chocolatier, a cinematic icon, audiences have been intrigued to see other famous actors deliver their take on the character. Since Netflix has acquired the the Royal Doll Story Company, it'll probably be a long time before Walker is topped as the biggest doll adaptation ever made. Most of the upcoming dual movies will be released exclusively on Netflix streaming service. Netflix might give some of these movies a theatrical release, either to make a few extra bucks or a few extra bucks or to qualify for Oscar nominations. Um, <clears throat> but they likely won't garner the half a billion dollar returns 
of Wonka. So it looks like Wonka will hold on to this record for a while. Um, Wonka became Timmy Chalamet's biggest movie as a lead. Um, but Interstellar is still his biggest movie movie overall. Thanks to franchises and IPs dominating the box office, the traditional movie star is quickly becoming a thing of the past. Um, but Timothy Chalamet's career is de definitive proof that actors can still rise to A-list status based on their own merits without having to done to don a cape or pick up a lightsaber. Chalamet has the best of both worlds, with the indie cred to appear in smaller movies like Lady Bird and Call Me By Your Name, and the mainstream recognition to appear in bigger movies like Dune and Don't Look Up. The enormous box office success of Wonka has made it Chalamet's highest grossing movie as a lead. Um, Wonka has outperformed the previous record holders, Dune, by more than $100 million, Christopher Nolan's sci-fi uh, epic um, Interstellar is still Chalamet's highest grossing movie overall. Interstellar was just... Charlemagne's second movie, and it made a whopping $731 million. The, the success of Wonka paired with the upcoming success of Dune Part 2, which is almost a guarantee, will surely lead to more starring roles, roles in big-budget movies in the future. Um, yeah, Wonka was the first post-COVID live-action musical to top the box office. Post-COVID box office um, success stories are even more impressive. Um, the theatrical the theatrical exhibition industry took a massive hit in the COVID-19 slamdemic. Lockdowns forced movie theaters to close their doors and studios moved up the streaming releases of their films. So a lot of casual moviegoers got used to watching new movies at home. Huge hits like
I'm sorry. Um, sorry about that. Sorry about that. Um, let me. I gotta do. Hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Um. Yeah, sorry about that. I was on mute the whole time. I'm sorry. Um, yes, Wonka was the first. Yeah, I read. Yeah, Wonka is the first post-productive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the theatrical exhibition industry took a massive hit in the COVID-19 slamdemic. Lockdowns forced movie um, theaters to close their doors and studios moved up the streaming releases of their films. So a lot of casual moviegoers got used to watching new movies at home. Huge hits like Barbie, Oppenheimer, Top Gun, Maverick, and Spider-Man No Way Home have proven that audiences will still come out to theaters if a film feels like a cultural event. But a lot of movies that would have done well pre-COVID have bombed at the box office post-COVID. Um. The musical genre has struggled to make a post-COVID comeback with both Steven Spielberg's West Side Story and John M. Chu's In the Heights bombing at the box office. Between Wonka and the musical reimaginings of Mean Girls and The Color Purple, um, um, the movie musical has been enjoying a moment in recent months, while Mean Girls and The Color Purple have both performed well. Um, um, live action musical to top the box office in the post-COVID era. Um, there's been a lot of discussions about how viable musicals are at the box office because studios have been afraid to market their musicals as musicals in the trailers for Wonka, Mean Girls, and The Color Purple, the musical elements are kept to a minimum to instead focus on the movie's star-studded cast and stunning visuals. This is a questionable practice because even if they can trick audiences who don't like musicals into watching them, the resulting word of mouth will be resoundingly negative. Either way, it worked out for Wonka because it became the the biggest post-COVID live-action musical. Um... Yeah, Wonka is Paul King's highest grossing movie. Wonka grossed about the same as both Paddington movies combined. Wonka's box office isn't just a new career best for Chalamet. It's the highest grossing movie for its director too. Paul King made his feature directorial debut with the twisted dark comedy Bunny and the Bull. But he's come a long way since then. After this the success of Bunny and the Bull, King was entrusted with the beloved IP of Paddington Bear and made two modestly budgeted Paddington movies back-to-back. Then he took on his first nine-digit budget to helm Wonka. Wonka was the biggest risk of King's career to date, but the biggest risk yielded the biggest rewards. Um, The first Paddington movie made 
$282 million, million $370,135 at the worldwide box office, while Paddington 2 grossed a global total of $227,291,591. The combined gross of both Paddington movies comes out to around $510 million, which is just a couple of million dollars higher than the current worldwide total amassed by Wonka. If Wonka can rake in another million or two, then it'll surpass the gross of both Paddington movies combined. Well, good luck with that one. So Sony is is not going to be playing nice with Elon Musk and no longer being on the platform. And that's going to be our segment right here, the Video Game Entertainment Newsroom. Let's get into it right here. Let's get into it right here, right now, oh, man. We got a lot to discuss.
All right. Um, wait. Let's let me do this. Let me do this. All right. Speaking of speaking of Sony, this comes from, this comes from the people from Variety, and this is and here's what's happening here. Elon Musk famously is a huge video game fan, but gaming companies apparently aren't fans of what Musk is doing with X, the social network formerly formerly called Twitter. Sony said it is removing support for Elon Musk's ex, um, formerly, no formerly known as Twitter, from its PlayStation game consoles effective, ne effective next week. The company announced the change in the notice posted Monday on its website. As of November 13, 2023, integration with X, formerly known as Twitter, would no longer function on PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 consoles. The message on Sony's website reads, in quote, this includes the abil ability to view any content published on X on PS5 and PS4 and the ability, and the ability um, to view um, any content published on X on PS5 and PS4 and the ability to post and view content trophies and other gameplay related activities on X directly from PS5 and PS4 or link in X account to do so. Um, reps for Sony Interactive Entertainment didn't respond to a request for comment about why PlayStation is cutting off X, but must Musk's move to charge companies for access to access application programming interface uh appears to be appears to be the most likely reason sony's announcement about disabling x slash twitter 
on PS consoles comes after Microsoft's um, Xbox cut off the ability to share content to X in April. In addition, Blizzard's World of Warcraft excuse me, World of Warcraft dropped in game tutored integration in February 2023. Twitter... Twitter announced in February 2023 that it would begin charging developers a monthly fee to let their apps access its API with Musk claiming that the social media network's free API is being abused right now by bot scammers and opinion manipulators. The company said it would charge developers a monthly API access fee starting at $100 um, per month for basic access for larger enterprises. Pricing will reportedly start at $42,000 a month. And um, as much as $210,000 um, per month, um, that came after the company in January 2023, without warning, made a change that disabled Twitter access for multiple third-party apps like Tweetbot and Twitterific. <laughs> um, Musk closed his $44 billion debt-laden takeover of Twitter in October 2022. After Twitter sued him to complete the deal at the agree on terms, the company since uh, rechristened XCorp is now worth $19 billion, according to a notice sent last month to employees eligible for stock grants. Ooh. Stock grants, huh? Hang on. Ooh, stock grants.
All right, another gaming news. Um, and this comes from the folks from IGN. Um, according to a story first reported by Windows Central, uh, Microsoft. Hold on one second. Microsoft is banning the use of select third-party devices on all Xbox consoles beginning November 12th, which happened. Um, hold on a sec. After sharing a list of approved pieces of tech on their website, many disabled individuals took to social media to express their concerns and disappointment. Speaking with IGN, disabled players, um, hang on a sec. Oh my goodness. Yes, this. Yes, um, speaking with IGN, disabled players explored how these changes will impact their setups, the overall cost of their equipment, as well as money loss and the ways in which the community is reacting. Now, community concerns. First things first, devices like the customizable Xbox Adaptive Controller um, and its subsequent and its subsequent accessories are not affected. Dr. Caitlin Jones, Gaming Accessibility Program Manager for Xbox confirmed the news on her her ex stating um, regarding unauthorized accessories on Xbox. Please know that there is no impact to players using the Xbox adaptive controller nor any compatible peripherals, peripherals, peripherals um, plugged in uh, via the controllers 3.5 millimeter or USB ports. Reached reach for comment, Xbox replied to IGN with a similar statement, but also added additional information as to why these changes are occurring. And in, in order to maintain the performance, security, and safety of Xbox consoles, Xbox One, Xbox Series, players may receive a pop-up warning when attempting to connect an unauthorized accessory to their Xbox console, a, a Microsoft spokesperson said. We work to ensure minimum um, impact on current player 
setups. So as long as accessories are authorized, designed, and manufactured to our quality standards and do not comp compromise the gaming experience. In some cases, the unauthorized assess accessory will be blocked from use to preserve the console gaming experience. If you do not receive an error code, then your access accessory will not be impacted. But the disabled experience is incredibly individualistic. While those who utilize the utilize the the XAC can continue to play without fear of losing access to their setups. Many disabled individuals still took to social media to alert others and share different concerns. After Jones posted the official note replies question, the viability of other accessibility tools. Um, X user Xbuds asked if it was possible to test Cronus Max and Postback. Alter Green Beans shared an image of the, their setup, which includes two mice connected to a Cronus adapter. <laughs> Um, that enables multiple profiles. This is beneficial as they can only use just five buttons. Similar posts, similar posts across the platform demonstrated immense fear and uncertainty for the disabled community. Without proper clarification or any official announcement from Microsoft regarding the problem, many disabled players whose needs are not fully met by the adaptive control of fear will lose access to their Xbox systems. Inability to adapt, Kelly Marine's disabilities relate toward chronic pain and fatigue with tendonitis and hand tremors. She cannot utilize standard controllers without experiencing immense discomfort, as well as gradual loss of strength and dexterity. She has trouble with repetitive motions, especially moving her thumbs from sticks to buttons. Currently, Marine plays with an Xbox Elite Series 2, an, X, an XAC and PC trackball no, track with 3.5 millimeter inputs and several arcade fight sticks. But with Xbox new regulation, Xbox's new regula regulations, excuse me, Many of her setups will be rendered useless. Um, if you if you want to know what X, if you want to know what XAC stands for, um, you, you you folks at home could actually look it up and could look it up for yourselves. Um, much of my gaming is best done on arcade sticks, which are a good comp compromise of form and function for games requiring quick and precise inputs that would otherwise cramp my hand uh, hands up quickly on a standard 
controller marine said all my sticks have been customized in some way and all of them either date back to systems outside the scope of xbox backward compatibility or are completely custom and made from scratch and make us use of make use of brook boards or dongle adapters to operate on modern systems by the time i can even try out this newest potential solution it'll have been made obsolete despite the overall success of the xac it cannot fix every barrier that disabled players encounter it's a solution for hardware and inaccessibility but in marine's case as well as other physically um disabled individuals it is not the solution being disabled means problem solving beyond official means whether it's simple modifications like taping a popsicle stick to the back of an xbox 360 controller or spending a four digit number on third-party equipment like marine disabled people need options and alternatives um often unconventional to perform the same actions as their able-bodied peers And with Microsoft's latest decision, Marine is unsure if she can even play on her system, even after purchasing a brand new third-party controller. I invested in the crown, the crowd-footed, all-button customizable um, Glyph controller, which offers Xbox support through the Brook adapters I already own, primarily to evaluate it as a possible path for accessible lap lap board style controllers with um ergonomic layouts and easily activated buttons she said the campaign was successfully funded right as the xbox policy change what happened change happened meaning by the time i can even try out this newest potential solution it'll have been made obsolete before it could be even be shipped to me Currently, no fight sticks or fight boards are listed as compat compatible devices with the new update. Unless changes are made, Marine will have wasted money on a controller that cannot function on Xbox systems after November 12th, and she isn't alone. Money spent, money wasted. Adaptive equipment in all 
um, faucets can be costly. The XAC and Logitech Adaptive Gaming Kit cost approximately $200, and disabled individuals can expect to pay far more for joysticks and other accessibility, no, excuse me, accessories that they need to complete their setups. Occasionally disabled players like Marine will spend money on products unsure if they would even work for their needs. And while there are inexpensive alternatives like Mayflash magic converters, USB devices that allow individuals to use first party controllers across different systems, Microsoft's um, Microsoft's decision now forces others to choose specifically and pricey devices if standard controllers aren't accessible. Ex-user PS2 man discussed the negative effects of Microsoft's new rule, especially from a financial perspective. With D court veins, tenosynovitis, a condition which impacts the tendons near the thumb he is unable to use standard xbox controllers due to the concave nature of the control sticks which cause severe pain and fatigue as a result he relies on third-party adapters to find suitable devices as well as the capability to replace control control sticks when needed until i find a, a replacement controller i would no longer be able to play my xbox series so Wow. Um, I use a Brook Wingman XB2 control, no, XB2 converter. It lets me use a dual sense, which I've customized, he said. I switched to a dual sense edge so I can finally stop needing to um, disassemble the controller itself. Uh, the analog sticks can be easily accessed altered and replaced as needed but i don't usually use the stick convex sticks that came with the controller i dis i disassembled the stick modules and use convex sticks from a different manufacturer as i've mentioned before because they have a bigger grip although they have less durable long term than the convex caps included so i don't have to push them as much resulting in less strain Currently, the converter costs approximately $50, and his DualSense Edge was $257. Combine that with needing to consistently replace sticks, and he is spending approximately $53 for the product and input cost. Despite being able to use this solution on his PS5, he has yet to find a suitable substitute for his Xbox Series X. And until he does, he will need to spend even more money to be able to play comfortably and efficiently. If I encounter that, if I encounter the error until I find a replacement controller, I would no longer be able to play my Xbox my Series X. He said, "That's it's that simple." I've been worrying that my converter is going to stop working as it comes up as an unauthorized device. 
in the accessibilities app and these are intended to be blocked there's a lot of uncertainty i've seen someone claim that a brook product they use called the um the ras one lucian a converter for racing wheels has gotten the error i can't verify that i'm just waiting until november the 12th which already happened to see what's going to happen disability tax is a not is a common phrase in a disabled community the cost of being disabled often exceeds fixed income um, limits of many individuals forcing them to choose between accessibility or simply being left behind third removing third-party devices not only limits the myriad of accessibility tools and disabled individuals need but it also adds unexpected financial barriers that cannot be challenged um broken promises microsoft's current decision is a stark contrast to xbox's model of when everybody plays we all win to build trust with disabled players by consistently advocating for accessibility and the disabled experience only to then quickly and surprisingly remove the tools that disabled players need is shocking to much of the community disabled players can no longer comfortably assume their xbox will remain accessible after november 12th and for individuals like marine restricting choice means breaking trust the wording on the new lockout alert claims that third-party accessories can compromise my gaming experience but i fail to see how they could do that more than a firmware update that disables the controllers i've been using to play games she said at least the ps5 will look the other way while i use the devices i already own through a brook usb adapter of course now i have no reason to believe i'll have that option currently sony and nintendo allow the use of third-party adapters and equipment to customize the way others play despite the lack of an accessible first-party controller with nintendo and with the the addition of playstation's first attempt at accessible hardware both companies will offer significantly more alternatives at the november 12th for marine and others accessible devices aren't necessarily designed for disabled audiences restricting accessories and controllers xbox is now behind their com competitors Regardless of whether the hardware was designed with the goal of assisting disabled players or not, if I'm using it to help me play games painlessly as a disabled gamer, I consider that device to be an assistant, no, excuse me, an assistive accessibility accessory, she said, to deny me use of those devices in the in the name of safeguarding my gaming experience is simply insulting jeez wow wow that's crazy man that's crazy wow
That's really crazy. Man, how do you forget the disabled people in the community? That's crazy, man. This is crazy. All right, um, let me see, let me see, let me see. Hold on a second. Um, yeah, um, so the other thing I want to get, I want to get to, um, hang on a second. I want to get to... Let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see. All right, I want to get to the rumor and we I want to get to the rumor. Um so earlier I was watching some YouTube channel, some YouTube videos in regards to a rumor of a remastered Sonic Generations. So and PlayStation is having a state of play. Um, which is starting tomorrow. Um, so this is coming from the people from Game Game Rant. A new rumor suggests that a new state of play presentation will be held soon with new game reveals from PlayStation and the major third-party publishers. So PlayStation fans may get to experience a potential state of play event on January 31st, which is rumored to include rise of the Ronin death play focus on smaller play for small, excuse me, smaller PS5 games, but fans wanted more information about upcoming titles in 2024. And there was their speculation and excitement are building on Twitter with potential games like uh, Sonic Generations Remaster and a new Mario. No, excuse me, a new Metro game also rumored for the showcase. PlayStation 
may be preparing to host a new state of play presentation next week on January 31st, which is tomorrow, with leaks suggesting that various new game announcements will be made. If the rumors hold true, PlayStation fans can expect new details about new PS5 titles launching in 2024 and beyond, such as Rise of the Ronin, Death Stranding 2, and Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. The previous State of Play event was held this past September with a focus on smaller PS5 games, indie titles, and Marvel's um, Spider-Man 2, which was released the following month on October 26, 2023. Although Marvel's um, Spider-Man 2 was a highly anticipated game at the time, many PlayStation fans will still still want to learn more about new games launching through 2024. Fortunately, a new state of play presentation may bring clarity about the upcoming slate of major PS5 titles from third parties in 2024. Xbox era co-founder um, Nick Baker shared a riddle on Twitter regarding the next state of play presentation, revealing that the live stream will air on or around January 31st. Um, the January 31st state of play will support, supposedly showcase Rise of the Ronin, Death Stranding 2, Final Destination 7 Rebirth, Silent Hill 2, and Ken Levine's new game, Judas Baker's tweet also teases that various unannounced games will be highlighted soon at the January 31st state of play. Biggest tweet also teases that various, uh, yeah, I already read that. Um, say the point, yeah. Um, Baker's tweet also teases that various unannounced games will be highlighted soon at the January 31st state of play, including a, a new Sonic Generations remaster and a new Mario, no, a new Metro game, excuse me. Despite the lack of an unofficial announcement from PlayStation gamers are excited and speculating about the trailers and game announcements that could soon arrive. Um, so this is what it's going to include. Um, rumor for January 31st potential game include, which is actually, I don't think January 31st is actually considered a rumor at all. Um, this is probably official at, um, um, that it'll start five, five o'clock, like five p.m. Um, five p.m. Eastern Pacific, and and if you are on the West Coast or international and everything else, um, you might want to subscribe to the PlayStation, um, the PlayStation YouTube channel page. You can even you can even watch it. You can even watch it on Twitch. You can even watch it on TikTok. You can watch it on um, the YouTube channel, PlayStation, um, for um, and of course subscribe to the channel as well.
yes, Rise of Ronin, Rise of the Ronin, Death Stranding 2, Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth, Silent Generations, Remaster, Silent Hill 2, New Metro Game, Judas Until Dawn Remaster. Um, let me see. Some of the users, some users speculate that the Death Stranding movie could be shown at State of Play alongside Death Stranding 2. Moreover, some gamers include Xbox 2 podcast host Ran Outdoor 19 believed an Until Dawn remaster will be revealed at the January 31st State of Play presentation as well. The remaster's release could potentially coincide with the new Until Dawn movie adaptation. And excitement and speculation continues to mount on Twitter as many PlayStation fans eagerly await the new game reveals and updates for PlayStation's um, biggest games in 2024. If a new state of play is planned for January 31st, fans likely won't need to wait much longer for the official announcement. Um, typically, Sony tends to host at least three to four state of play showcases per year, so the subsequent event could fall sometime in spring 2024. Okay. All right. I don't know what's going on here. Okay. All right. So let me, let me see. Let me see. So um, what I'm going to do is I am going to, whatever topics I don't get to, Whatever topics I don't really get a chance to get to as far as like, you know, um, like the Monster Jam, like the Monster Jam and stuff. I'm going to try to cover that. To, I'm going to try to cover that probably. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Hold on a second. You know what? I'm going to try to cover that Um, probably, probably Thursday. I'm going to cover that on Thursday in the next episode. I'm going to save the rest of the other topics that I don't get to for the next episode. So I want to actually, um, I'm at the, I'm at the, um, cut this short right here. So, um, we're going to wrap up right here. Um, monster jam and, and the other topics that I didn't get a chance to get to, uh, will be, will be taken care of in the next episode or the episode after. So, um, all right. So, All right, um, we're gonna wrap up right here, man. Um, due to time constraints, I'm actually going to actually um. All right, due to time constraints, I'm gonna actually wrap up here because um, yeah, and this is going to be stream choices on the go. Excuse me, stream choices on the go. All right, stream choices on the go, man. We're I'm gonna actually tell you where you can listen to the podcast and everything else in between and um all that great stuff right there so i'm gonna actually go through this right here so here it is right here right now um all right um you can make make sure you go ahead and follow the plot follow off the meat rat chains new york avenue of course yeah, New York Avenue is going to be on not only Facebook, but also on Threads, 
Instagram along uh, with my other two podcast shows that I do, which is Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks Podcast, my sports platform, and of course, my review platform, which is Meticulous Vibrant Podcast, G Money Stacks Triple Five in Queens, New York. Turn your notifications for more details and when each episode is going to be dropping and all that great stuff right there. Um, and, um, and, and also, 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 um, if you go to the link in bio where it says link tree slash G money stacks, triple five, you're going to see a whole list. You're going to see a whole list of, um, you're going to see a whole list of stream platforms, which includes, um, visuals and stuff. So we're going to get into it right here. So starting with Odyssey, Audible, Audio Birds, Amazon Music Breaker, Bullhorn FM, Castbox FM, Diesel, Listen Notes, Moon FM Podcast, Player FM, Pocket Cast, Pod Bay, Pod Friend, Pod Hound, Pod Opolo, Podorama, Podcast Index, Podcast Addict, Pod Chaser, Podverse, Podcast Guru, Podverse, Snip, Spotify, Spotify for Podcasters, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, the number one app for music, radio, and podcasts where you can listen to music, radio, and podcasts for free. You don't need a credit card or debit card to actually download iHeartRadio or any of the apps whatsoever. Um, be sure to subscribe to um, the podcast shows that I just mentioned. That's also on iHeartRadio. And also do the same with YouTube. Make sure you go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel page of G Money Stacks Triple Five and be able to grab that subscribe button for me and click on the click on alerts click on the likes um for the algorithm to help build the channel grow the channel um and also comment on the topics um that's been discussed in today's episode and of course be sure to listen stream and watch these episodes in case you miss any of them don't worry make sure you make sure you um Make sure you um, share the episodes, share the videos. Be sure to download the episodes and, of course, add the podcast to your playlist, including Spotify and other streaming platforms that I just mentioned, wherever you get your podcast. And, of course, tell a friend to another friend. And I'll and also share my link tree um, that says link tree slash G Money Stacks triple five alongside with the podcast with your husbands, your wives, your boyfriends, girlfriends girlfriends um and friends and the people you are cool with um from work and everywhere else in between all right that's gonna do it for me um like i said whatever topics i don't get a chance to get to i will cover it in a future episode or the episode after um all right so i'm your man g money stacks thank you very much for listening and tuning in and rocking with me on episode 323 um especially dedicated to um the streaming app called Kick. Um, it's a streaming app called Kick, and um, yeah. And remember, the grind doesn't stop. Hard work pays off. Um, you work. You want something. You have to work hard and earn it. And also, um, don't let anybody stop you from following your goals and dreams. That makes you happy on a creative basis. That makes you smile um creatively mentally physically and spiritually and alongside that alongside with um consistency confidence that gets you into your zone alongside with tunnel vision um also um 
in a word, in other words of Ivy Rivera, you gotta validate your, you gotta validate yourself. You you can't rely on other people to validate you. You gotta be yourself, and also be sure to um, you gotta validate yourself. You gotta believe in yourself, and of course, confidence is key. All right, I'm up out of here. I'm gonna cover the other topics and the other episodes whatsoever. Um, next time. All right. So, um, like I said, man. Like I said, peace and one love. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be able to cover this. I'll make it up. All right. So, I'm gonna make it up. So, yeah, I'm gonna make it up right now. I'm gonna make it up. So don't worry. I got y'all covered next time, man. Peace and one love. Thank you so much. Take care. I'll see y'all next time on the flip side in the next episode. Good night, everybody. Hang on. Yo, what's up, everyone at home? You want to hear more from me? I need your help on a couple of things. Go follow Off the Meat Rat Chains New York Avenue podcast on Facebook, Threads, and Instagram. Tap on the notifications so you can know when I will be on Instagram live recording podcast episodes. Plus, you can do the same with YouTube on my channel, G Money Stacks Triple Five. Grab the subscribe button for more live video episodes. Click on the notification bell and alerts as reminders of the date, day, and time when each episode recording will be on the air via live stream. You can also share your thoughts on the topics of each episode in the comments section. If you miss any new or previous episodes, don't worry. You can catch up in my link tree slash gmoneystacks555 with the links to listen, stream, and watch on every streaming platform, including Spotify for podcasters, formerly known as Anchor, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. Also, you can download and add the podcast to your playlist of your favorite episodes. I'm your man, G Money Stacks, a.k.a. The Greganator. Thank you so much for, for tuning in, listening, streaming, rocking with me, and watching me on the podcast. One love. Peace out.